guys are here. It's a good day to be alive, amen? Christ being the center. You know, and as we talk about Christmas, it's really easy to get distracted in Christmas, isn't it? A lot of things going on, family happening, you got to go here, you got to go there. Maybe some of you today are visiting family, maybe your mom or dad or maybe your kids were in the program and you saw them sing. Didn't the kids just do a great job with their little Jesus? It's just so beautiful. I love every minute of it. And uh, next year for Christmas, we're thinking about doing something a little bit more, a um, little bit more outreach oriented where we're going to really try to, try to win as many people to Jesus as we can next Christmas. And I'm really excited about that, that little moment. We're just going to embrace and go right into it. But <clears throat> it's really easy to get distracted because a lot of things are going on in our world. A lot of things are taking place. A lot of things are happening right now. And it's just too easy to get our eyes off of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Right? It's just too easy to get our eyes off of Jesus. You know, uh, when my kids were little, um, there was always that one toy. My, my brother-in-law asked us this, this, uh, this, uh, when I, this last week when I was with him. He said, what's that one thing that everyone wants? You know, what's that one thing? You know, when you're little, and parents, you can attest to this, when, you're, when your kids are little, they always wanted that, that one thing, you know? If I can only have that thing, if I can only have that thing, that will make me so happy if I just had that thing. And then they play with it for about a week and then they're done. And they can't find it anymore, right? And they, they don't know where it is or it broke and they didn't tell you. And you go, where's that one thing? And they go, oh, dad, that broke a long time ago. Thanks for that. But although I, I kind of feel like this year is different than any other year, I, I, we really couldn't pinpoint a thing and it's probably because we're out of the parent game now, the little parent game, right? But we couldn't really think of a thing that everyone's wanting, right? And I, and I got to thinking about that question that my brother-in-law posed, and I thought, you know, what is this year bringing to us that is causing a lot of distractions? And I, I want to uh, uh, suggest this morning that maybe some of these things are opinions and ideas of how everything should be ran, <laughs> You know, it's, it's, the, it's the gift that adults love to have, right? We, we want an opinion, we, want these, we have these ideas, we have these thoughts. And what happens a lot of the times, when we get our eyes off of Jesus, we become to be a little bit more self-centered in the way that we act, the way that we live, the way that we move. And that we only think that we're the only people in the whole world that matter, right? We're the, my idea, my thought, I'm right, right? You're wrong. And it just seems like on social media... And, and, and just, there's just so much hate going on, right? Now, we could be said that for a long time, and we all know that's a true statement. But I, I, as you look out, there is a sense of hate. But what's happening even more now is that hate is becoming mixed with a lack of joy. There's no, people are just way too serious. All right, good. I just want to make sure I'm going to. I'm in a live church this morning. Listen, do snow globes ever get scared? No, but they do get shaken. <laughs> just humor me. Just, just, just say that with me. Just, just make me feel better about that one. See, this whole distraction thing, it really is an entrapment of the enemy. It, it, it's an entrapment to get our eyes off of Christ, especially Christ in you. 
It's, it's an entrapment to get our eyes off of Jesus, and then the entrapment is to get our eyes on ourselves, to get our eyes focused on us. I'm not talking about self-scouting. I'm not talking about you looking in the mirror going, what's wrong? I'm talking about when your world becomes your center and everything revolves around you. I don't know about you, but the last time I checked it, that, that, I don't, uh, that Jesus doesn't revolve around me. I revolve around him. He is my center. He is my world. And let me implore you this morning that he should be your center and he should be your world. And stop getting your eyes on yourself and start focusing on Jesus. Now, with all that said, it doesn't go without saying that there's a lot of stuff out there to get caught up in, isn't there? There's a lot of things going on. I want to tell you right now, uh, and, and, and normally <laughs> on a Christmas kind of vibe and a Christmas message, I wouldn't necessarily be saying this, but I think it's really important that I say what I'm about to say. That I believe one of the greatest um, 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 distractions, and, and, and just to be honest with you, it's a spirit that's been released over our nation. It's the over-sexualization of children. I don't know when it became okay for us to over-sexualize kids. When did it ever come a standard that we're afraid of to say something about drag queens showing up at parties at school? When did that ever become, oh, no, we can't say anything because we're going to offend them. Let me tell you something this morning. I don't care what anybody's saying. That right there is what hell looks like. And you might be sitting in your seat this morning going, well, <laughs> get your eyes off yourself and get your eyes on Jesus. Makes me so mad. This definition of gender has changed. Think about this. It's changed in just such a short few years. When 2017 we were arguing, should what's what what is a woman? What is a man? And we fast forward to 2022, and now we're debating: should children even have a gender? Should they even be labeled as a sex? I'm telling you right now, again. If you want a sneak peek into hell, this is it. It's the wiping away of identity. It's been happening since day one in Adam and Eve. It's been happening then, and it never stopped happening. The enemy loves to come and begin to distract us and begin to tell us who we're not. And I'm here to tell you this morning that we're here to reclaim the identity in Christ of who you are in him. As we center around him. There's self-centeredness going on in our culture today. This idea of everything revolves around me. There's despair. There's fear. There's fear. There's this, this agenda being pushed of being controlled by those in authority. You see, and before Jesus was born, there was actually a world that existed just like that. It had the same type of culture that we're living in today. It was a dead culture. People were in despair. They knew the promises of God. Come on, somebody, I'm going somewhere with this. They knew the promises of God like you may know the promises of God. 
They knew that it was spoken long time before, like we know that God maybe promised us something in our hearts. But yet they were waiting for this promise to happen. And it was almost as if there was something ready to be born into the world. There was fear in the land during the times before Jesus was born in B.C. There was this controlling of authority, the Romans... The Roman culture and the Roman nation, they would, they would control everybody and everything, just like we kind of see in today's world. It was happening. So let me tell you that something is getting ready to happen in our world. And it's not for the worse. It's for the better. Because the promise of God, like before Jesus was born, and he was born into this world in the middle of all of that stuff. The promises of God over your life and in your life are getting ready to be birthed. And you're going to see something very powerful happen in your life. And I'm claiming 2023 is the year that this is going to happen. It's going to be the beginning stages. I don't care what the society is saying. I don't care what the world is doing. I don't care what's happening in our government. I don't care what's happening at our gas pumps. I don't care what's happening in our food aisles. It does not matter because greater is he who is in me than he that is in this world. Amen? All this stuff was taking place. And what I want to encourage you to do this morning is to picture, if you can with me as we read the scripture, what was happening then. What's happening now with this despair, with this fear, with the culture, with society, the way things were going on then? We can correlate those two together as we read in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. You know it. It's the story of the birth of Jesus. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother, Mary, had been, had been betrothed to Joseph... Before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Let me just pause right there and just go, weird, right? Look, if you don't think that's a little weird, then you're not normal. <laughs> Every single one of them in this place have had a question before. What? What? This just proves to me that God is supernatural. He is outside of our way of thinking. He is outside of the way that we're doing things and how we view things. His world is completely different than your world and in my world. Verse 19. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name, what? Jesus, Yeshua. For he will save his people from their sins. Now, verse 22, this all took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet in Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name, what? Emmanuel. God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Now, we see here that this thing that happened, this supernatural thing that took place, what it did was it brought center. 
It brought the plumb line. It brought the alignment to that society, to this, to this thing that was going on, especially in their lives. Right? See, Mary wasn't carrying just a baby boy. She was actually carrying a promise. And the angel came and brought alignment to Joseph and said, hey, I want you to know something. When you keep this son that you're about to bear in the center, anything could happen. Even the most unnatural things can take place. When we seek him first, when we put him first, it brought alignment and it brought center to the will of Joseph and Mary in that time. It also brought alignment and centering to the shepherds. See, when Jesus comes in the middle of everything, everything pauses. Everything stops and everyone focuses. Everyone looks to the King of Kings, to the promise himself, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. The shepherds were out in the field, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. This is when the shepherds, if you will, got centered. They were centered in the same region, verse 8, Luke chapter 2, verse 8. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, oh, I love this, I bring you good news of great joy. What is good news? The good news is gospel. I bring you the gospel of great joy. Let me just pause here for a moment and say this. I know through the Christmas times, some of us have lost family members. I know statistics alone say that this time can be and could be some of the most depressing times in your life. I understand all of these things, but I want you to know something, that with Jesus, he is the gospel of joy. He is the good news of joy for your life. And joy just isn't an emotion. Joy is actually a spirit, and his name is Jesus, and he lives inside of you. You are a joy bomb. You are a joy carrier. And everywhere you go, you just take the thing out, let the thing go, and boom. Grenade bombs of joy all over, all over the place where you're at. Why? Because the angel declared on that day, behold, I bring you the gospel of joy. That's a good word. Then he says this, do not be afraid for behold, blah, 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 great joy. He didn't say that, but he said something like that. Verse 11, for today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. There's so much to take from this. I mean, just think about this for a second. Jesus was already born. You're saying what? Look. It's not too late. It's not too late to rediscover your promise. I don't think you, I, you know, I don't think you heard what I just said. <laughs> you might be out in the field doing your normal duties. Not duties, but you know what I mean. 
potty talk. You may be out in the field going about your life thinking that the promise has passed you by. But I want you to know something. Allow yourself to center on Christ and allow him to come to you and speak to you and rediscover your promise. <laughs> Come on, let's just all take a laugh break real quick. <laughs> Woo! Look at the person next to you and just start laughing. Come on. This is the gospel of joy. This is what it feels like. This is what it looks like. This is what it feels like. Come on, somebody, just keep laughing. Come on, come on, come on, come on. It's okay. It's all right. Get your systems moving here a little bit. <laughs> Look at somebody else and go. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> Behold, I bring you the gospel of joy. <laughs> this will be a sign to you, verse 12. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths. Clothes? Cloths. And lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel. Oh. With an angel, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. Let's say that together. Glory to God in the highest. One more time. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace. Uh, okay, thank you. Peace among you, among the men whom he is pleased. Uh -huh, he's pleased with you. He's pleased with you. You might be thinking to yourself right now, dang, I've messed up. I've fallen away from God. I've gotten away from Jesus. I want you to know that he is not mad. He's not a God up in heaven ready to strike you down with a lightning bolt. He is right here ready for you to turn back to him. And today, right now, today is the time where you should give your life to Jesus. Do not leave this room without considering giving your life to Jesus. Consider this another stumbling block. The Lord has laid in your pathway for you to give your life to him. Because he's happy with you. Ha, 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 ha. I don't think you're catching on to what I'm trying to do here. He's I, I'm feeling like a fool, you know, but that's okay with me, baby. That's all right with me because I'll be me more undignified than this. <laughs> the shepherds got centered. First they made an anti-spit iPad cover. The shepherds got centered. The wise men were also centered that day. You wise men. Matthew chapter 2. Verses 1 through 12. I know I'm reading a lot of scripture, but go with me. Now after Jesus, that kind of, why would a funny thing to say in church? I know I'm reading the Bible, guys. I'm sorry, okay? All right. <laughs> Hang in there. We'll get through it together. <laughs> why in the world do Christians can't have fun? We have to be serious because this is displeasing to the Lord. I think when we get to heaven, everyone's going to be rolling around laughing anyway, so you might as well just practice it now. Right? We might as well just 
on earth as it is in heaven. Just get the joy and laughter in our hearts and our spirits right now. Mm, I feel it right now. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I can sense it right now. It's hovering right now over your life right now. It's hovering over right now in your space. And he just wants you to reach out and grab it. Come on. Let's just reach out and grab that joy. Come on, reach out and grab that joy right now. Reach out and grab it right now. It's yours. It's yours. It's your inheritance. <laughs> it's your inheritance. It's your inheritance. Don't worry about what's going to happen. Don't worry about what it's going to feel like. Don't worry about what other people are thinking. Shut your eyes and who cares about anybody else. It's yours. <laughs> oh, it feels like I just came back from a 30-week deficit. Matthew chapter 2. The wise men were centered. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, met. Stop it, Caleb. Caleb's a pastor in Alabama. He should be doing pastor things instead of texting me. Caleb, go to your church, man. Jeez. It's my other son. Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And oh, oh man, Woo when Jesus shows up, everyone's troubled. Something's happening. <laughs> What's going on right now? Something's taking place. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's called your religious spirit getting, 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 getting friction from the joy of the Holy Spirit. Oh, King Herod was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And all Jerusalem with him. That's so funny. Verse 4. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet, ah, good old prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. And all those wise men were like, mm-hmm, you want to worship the king? Mm-hmm, I don't think so. Right? Verse 10, I think I skipped a verse, verse 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Now there's that word again. What? Again, really, Joy? Yeah, joy. I don't know about you. Sounds to me like your destiny's full of joy. <laughs> it was then, and it's definitely now. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented him to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream, they did not return to Herod. 
The Magi left for their own country by another way. Right? They presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. See, when Christ becomes centered in your life, it draws out the best from you. It draws out the best from you. When Christ truly is the center of your life, you don't look down on yourself anymore and go, oh, I'm just a sinner. No, listen, you are no longer a sinner. You are set free by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And out of you comes worship that is pleasing to Jesus. You see, through one promise, through one name, through one event, all of heaven, all of humanity, and all of nature stop to center around Christ. To center around Christ. And church, this is what we need today. We don't need keyboard warriors. I'll show them. We don't need keyboard warriors. We don't need more men and women with opinions. We don't need people who call themselves Christians but still willfully engage in sin. Listen to me. If you're holy, be holy. <laughs> right? Too many Christians out there going like this. Well, you know, it's, I'm going to hit on just a couple of things, right, because it's what I feel. It's okay if I still engage in sexual acts if I'm not married. I mean, we just got to try on a pair of shoes before we actually buy them, you know what I mean? No, listen to me. If you're single here this morning and you're doing that, stop it if you call yourself a Christian because that's not holy. It's not holy. That's not who he is. <laughs> the old room going, stop it. There's things that we need to bring before the Lord and just ask him how he feels about it, right? Because, oh, by the way, it's already written in the word that it's not okay, okay? But sometimes some of us try to interpret the word and go make it okay for us. I want you to know that God's word, God's word will never change. He would never challenge his own word, but God will always challenge your interpretation of the word. Right? Always. And a lot of us in this world today, especially when it comes down to all kinds of crazy stuff going on in our culture, we look at the word and try to justify our sin. And I want you to know that we have to stop trying to justify our sin. And take some ownership, take some responsibility, come before God and go, you know what? I did that. I did that. And I apologize, and I'm sorry, and I repent of my sin. And today, I am going to live for you with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Another thing we don't need is a form of godliness with no power. I hope and I pray today that God is convicting your heart. Because he didn't come to this earth just so we can have a good program. And I love the choir, man. I thought that was great, wasn't it? He didn't come so churches across the world today can have programs. He came so we can fall at his knees one more time and be centered again around him. We need to center around Jesus. Our Christian culture has been focusing too much on the things around them that they can't control and that are bad. And Jesus is saying to you today, focus on me. Center around me, Kaylin, if you can come back. Focus on me. Center around me. 
took one moment in history to change history. Did you hear what I just said? It took one moment in history to change history forever. And today it could take one moment in your life right now to change your story. You don't have to stay in the place where you're at right now. I'm telling you that, friends. (laughs) When he was born, he was in heaven before he was born. And God said, you ready to do this? Jesus said, "Mm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. You ready to take on humanity? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm ready. You ready to take on the sins of the world? I'm ready, God. It's not my will, but it's your will be done. Jesus looked right at his father and said, send me. I'll go. You, so you could be free from bondage over your heart. You are not who you think you are in this current state of your life. God wants to unlock you and unleash you to this world who he sees you to be. See, the things going on in the world, the things going on in our culture, those things can change. But let me tell you what, even if they don't change, what are we going to do about it? We're going to sit there and go, no, I guess it's not going to happen. No. If anything, we transform by the renewing of our mind so we can test and approve what God's perfect will is in Romans chapter 12. Right? So we can align ourselves with him. Who cares about what our world's doing? Who cares about what's going on? Yeah, I want to reach them. Yeah, I want to win the loss. Yeah, I want to I make disciples. Yeah, I want to raise the dead. Yeah, I want to heal everybody. I want to do all those things. But the world never changes. It's me and Jesus. What am I going to do? See, Mary and Joseph, they were the willing conduits on that day to see the promise through, no matter what it took. See, Mary and Joseph, on that day, they were tired. They were tired. They were carrying the promise. They're traveling. They're doing all these things that are uncomfortable. Listen, you might have to get uncomfortable a little bit. They were denied. They were denied a spot, a hotel room. They were denied. They were denied into inconvenience. Let me tell you. That inconvenience that they face about being in the manger, they didn't wake up that morning going, I can't wait to be in the finest manger there is. They didn't do that. All they did was say yes to birthing the promise. That's all they did. And no matter what happened, every step of the way in their journey, they followed him no matter what it took. And you have to answer this question. If you're a believer here this morning, you have to answer this question. Will you say yes to be the conduit of the promise of God? Will you say yes to be the one to say, God, use me. Use me. A lot of people think, I can't wait for Jesus to come back. Hear what I'm about to say. I can't wait for Jesus to come back. He's going to put all things back into order. Oh, God, come quickly. Many people have greater faith in the return of Christ than in the power of the gospel in them. Many people have greater faith in the return of Christ than in the power 
born to die. He was born to live again. He was born to crush the enemy. And he was born to align and center everything back in order on the day that he was birthed. And right now, there are some people here, you've been sitting through all this business, you may not come to church frequently, maybe you visit Christmas, Easter, it doesn't matter. I'm glad you're here. Because you get to hear the gospel message again. And you need to say yes to Jesus. Now listen, when I was preparing this message, this is what the Lord told me. Take this for what it's worth. And I'm going to speak directly to you. And you're going to know it's you. You've been running from God. You've been running from God, and you know you've been running from God. There's been roadblocks already in your life that have been set up that you've ignored to try to get you back to Jesus. You've walked right over them because of your ideas and your opinions and your own self-centeredness about who you think you really are. But I want you to know something. heard that this morning and you've been running from God, you've been denying him over and over and over and over again, you've been ignoring his calling to your heart, I want you to know that today is the perfect day for you to come back. Why? Because this space right now in this environment is full of love for you. Why? Because Christ is the center of this church and where he is, there is love. Where he is, there's hope. Where he is, there's goodness. Where he is, there's mercy. And you're sitting here this morning, and you've heard what I just said. I want you to know that God just put another roadblock in front of you that you have to purposely, intentionally ignore or walk through and say, mm -mm, God, not today. But will you make a decision this morning? Will you make a decision this morning to finally come to him? Because he's been knocking on the door of your heart, Revelation chapter 3. He's been knocking on the door of your heart. Just wanting, desiring to have a relationship with you. Come on, somebody. Let's close our eyes and let's pray. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for who you are. You are good. And your mercy endures forever. No one's looking around but myself. If you're here this morning, you're saying, you know what, Pastor? I hear what you're saying, man. I hear what you're saying. I have been ignoring God. Something in my heart, I can feel it right now. Something in my heart just feels ugh, like I want to, but I don't know why I can't. I want you to know, just give in to the urge of giving your life to Jesus. It's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. So if you're here this morning, you're like, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. Back to Jesus, I don't care if this is a re- committing, I don't care if this is first time, it does not matter, but I want to give my life to Jesus. Just raise your hand real quick. Put it right back down. That's you. Good, thank you. There's one, two, anybody else says that's me. Come on. I'm the only one looking around because I got to know who I got to pray for. Anybody else? Thank you. That's, that's four. Thank you so much. Five right here. Thank you so much. Six. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Seven back in the back. Thank you. Anybody else says that's me, Pastor. Pray for me, man. Come on, don't wait.
Mm, I feel it. There's one more. I'm going to wait 15 seconds in silence, and I'm just going to let you decide. Hands, hands are still going up. Thank you. You got something like 10? That's 10. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone together say this with me. I'm going to guide you in a prayer. Okay? Our prayers mean nothing. They mean jack squat if you don't mean it in your heart. So let's pray together. All of us together. Ready? Say, Jesus, forgive me my sins. Come into my heart. I'm yours. Today, I commit everything that I am to you. And from this day forward, I will follow you. Teach me, lead me, guide me. And right now, I ask for the Holy Spirit to come into my heart. Jesus' name, amen. Can we take a moment right now and just thank God? Come on. Come on, let's thank God for those people. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you so much, guys. Hallelujah. God is good, amen? All the time, all the time. He is good. Listen, before, before I let you guys go, I'm going to ask Pastor Steve to come up, but I want to make this quick, little, simple, real fast announcement one more time, that this coming Saturday at 5.30 p.m., we're having our... Christmas Eve service. I'd love for all of you guys to come. It's going to be different than what it was today, so please come, okay? Everyone, don't leave yet, okay? Don't leave yet. Don't leave yet. Pastor Steve has something extremely important that he wants to talk about. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Jake. Awesome message. Praise God. Draw a line right there. Okay, praise God. Thank you for coming today. It's awesome that you're here. I'm here because um, our church needs your help. Those of you who attend here regularly, um, those of you who are visiting, uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to help us. I thought about this uh, as I was preparing to do this. I need about four minutes of your time here. I thought, would it be inappropriate for me to ask for a Christmas gift from you? I thought, yeah, that'd be inappropriate, so I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to ask the ushers to come up and get ready up at the front. We're going to take up an offering in a minute. And let me explain to you what for. Uh, there's only one other time since I've been here that we've done an offering like this, and it was for a special need. It was for buying chairs. We needed to buy chairs, more chairs, more people were coming, and so we needed to do that. But this last year, I can't believe that all of this has happened in a year, but um, connected to our church was a space that was empty and it was it's basically the square footage of the present church but it was empty in fact the shell was there for 20 years and it, and over the course of the last four and a half five years we've asked the lord for help to finish that space and god has helped us there have been so many miracles um, uh, miracles of provision miracles of people's generosity miracles of favor with uh with people in town building inspectors, just too many to mention, and we got it 
completed and we're occupying it and the youth are using it and we've got classrooms over there and it's all great. And financially, we, um, we didn't take on, we took on a little bit more debt, but it was favorable uh, with, the, um, with the interest rates and those kind of things. But we did all of the things that we could do. We kept going. But there was, and, and the, the uh, building permit was done and we were done and we got occupancy and all of that. But there's one piece of the job that isn't done. And it's a piece of the job that's just like a little pebble in my shoe and in the shoe of those who have been involved. And that's a doorway. Right there where my hand is, is supposed to be a doorway. It's in the plans. And that doorway goes into a hallway. And in that hallway, there's a men's and a women's restroom. Right there. Right beyond that wall is a restroom. Right there. So wonderful to have it there. And access to the other building. And I thought, I've, I've tried to talk our professionals into this idea. I said, let's just take some sledgehammers and bust a hole in that sucker. And let's, we'll frame it in. You know, we, we know how to use glue and nails and stuff like that. Let's do it. And no, you can't do that. I don't know. It's something about the fact that uh, it's a support wall and that it's two blocks thick and that we need to put a lintel in it. Who ever cares about lintels? Well, evidently you're supposed to when you've got a heavy wall like that. So I want to take up an offering because we also had a hard time getting a contractor to bid the darn thing. And we finally got one to bid it. And a week and a half ago, a little more, a week and a half ago, uh, we got the bid back. We got a good response from them and the bid back. They were very cooperative and, and helpful. But it was more than I thought it was going to be. The bid is for $11,600 to put a hole in that wall and put a frame in it. And we've got some other pieces for it. And so I want to take up an offering of $11,600. So, you know, not much, just a little something for Christmas, right? So anyway, all I'm asking of you, I, I'm not going to turn the screws or put any pressure on you. All I'm asking of you is... Could you help us? If you can help us, give in this offering. You can put it in the offering buckets, or you can give um, electronically on, on what's going to appear on that screen. Ah, there you go. Um, online in different ways. And um, we would sure appreciate it. And it, I'd be just so excited to come back next week and say, God did it, and you helped us do it. And so right now, I'm going to pray. And oh, by the way, I'm going to start it off. I have 10% of that. Quentin, come up here. I have 10% of that amount. Deb, Deb and I are giving $1,100. There's the first. Well, there's a check in there already. So that's the second offering there. And you don't have to give that much. Give what you can give. But if we could come back and uh, report a miracle next week, that'd be great. Bow your heads with me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, River of Life. And if you want to, everything in this offering, but if you're giving online, just make a notation, building program. Building program, and you'll get giving credit for it. Anything else? Any other details? Praise the Lord. God has been so good. He's been miraculous in us accomplishing this. And when we get that done, then we're going to lean into God and ask him for more. And uh, he's been such a blessing. Father, thank you for your people. Thank you for the generosity. Thank you for your kingdom that's supernatural. Father God, I thank you for the great 
message today and us leaning into the kingdom and surrendering, Lord. It's so cool that we don't have to work to get your love, that all we have to do is surrender. And, Father, your word says, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? And today there were 10 or 11 or 12 people that said yes to Jesus. And so for that, we give you praise and thanks. Father, I thank you for this uh, offering. I thank you for the generosity of your people. And, Lord, we give you thanks and praise for your provision. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead, ushers. Take up that offering, that $11,600, and we'll praise you. Christmas Eve service, Saturday night, is at 5.30. It's from 5.30 to 6.30. It's a one-hour service. If uh, you have family activities and that, and you want to make that a part of your activities, that would be great. We'd love to see you here. Christmas morning, same thing. From 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock, a devotional service here. The choir's going to sing in those again, and... Um, we're going to praise the Lord together, make that a part of your activities. And finally, out in the foyer on the counter right behind that wall, there is a Christmas bag, one for each family. Pick that up. It's a, it's a birthday cake for Jesus. We just celebrate Jesus' birthday. And so pick that up, one per family. Stand to your feet with me, will you? Thank you. Thank you, folks, for your patience. Thank you for your love. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. What a great church to be at. What a great kingdom to be a part of. And Lord, you are supernatural. Help us 